and welcome to Pocket Thoughts. On today's episode, we discuss if we're actually entrepreneurs. This is something we feel people need to ask themselves before jumping into the world of entrepreneurship. We will give you all of the questions we ask ourselves before getting started, as well as what warnings we have before becoming an entrepreneur. Be sure to keep up with our social media by searching Educating Entrepreneurs and find our blogs on LinkedIn and our website at educatingentrepreneurs.com. Enjoy the show and have a fantastic week. Welcome to Pocket Thoughts. Today, our topic comes from Bobby Mason, and he asks, are you an entrepreneur? A very vague question for all of us. It's going to go in a lot of different directions, and I am very excited to see where this goes, and I think Joey should start. Sure. I'll get us kicked off. When I thought about this question, I kind of wanted to go through what kind of characteristics don't make up an entrepreneur and kind of start from there. Like Bobby said, we're going to have a lot of different takes and i um, excited to hear everyone's. There's a few characteristics that I believe that you need to be an entrepreneur. And if you don't have some of these, it's while, while you still can be an entrepreneur, it's going to be very difficult. Um, and one of them is thinking that you're too good for menial tasks. As an entrepreneur, you're going to be wearing so many hats in your business or whatever you're going to be doing, and you need to be okay with taking out the trash. You need to be okay at, at your building. I don't know. You need to be okay with doing the, the little things. You need to be, be okay with doing payroll, speaking events. You need to be okay with cleaning up after, cleaning up the trash after others and, and things like that. And if you're not okay with that, then, uh, I mean, you're probably, it's going to be a, a difficult task going forward, probably. Another thing I wanted to mention was it's going to be tough if you get discouraged easily. Um, you're going to face a lot of failures going through this process more than you would probably if, if you're going straight into like the corporate world um, because you don't have really, I mean, you might have mentors, but you're not going to have any, anyone specifically to kind of cover your ass if you do something wrong. It's kind of all on you. And so... Um, you, if you get discouraged easily and, um, it, when you, when you fail at something, it's, it's not going to go well for you. You're, you're going to quit very, very quickly. And, um, in order to be an entrepreneur, you need to not only be able to take kind of that failure, but you also need to learn from it, improve on it and, and know why you failed. So it won't happen again. Those are kind of just a couple topics of what I think a couple things you need to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to say everything right now i kind of want to uh, let everyone have a quick quick bit to talk about it and then we can go in more detail if that works for you guys i can hop in here because i'm sure mine won't be quite as quick because i'm so bad at quick bits and i'm i'm excited to actually dive deeper into what you were talking about joey because you definitely have to do the dirty work that's for sure you have to do the stuff that isn't glamorous on a daily when everyone thinks it is glamorous 
But the thing that I kind of want to get into actually has to do with the Myers-Briggs personality test. So if you're not familiar with the Myers-Briggs personality test, I would say you definitely should be. You should take it. And Brandon will put it in the show notes. I, I have it here. Even if you guys all want to write it down, there's a free test at www.16personalities.com backslash free personality test. And Brandon will put it in the show notes. So check it out. But I essentially look at the Myers-Briggs and although it's not going to jump out and tell you what your passion is, I think when it comes to entrepreneurship, it might help you realize if you have the ability to kind of take that entrepreneurial role and it gives you the idea of what role you would kind of take in the company. So you might be the visionary, the advisor, the superstar. You don't, you don't necessarily know where you're going to fit, but it's important to know that going into starting a company. So there's really four characteristics in a Myers-Briggs. There's extroversion versus introversion, and a lot of you guys know this. I know Brady knows this. I think Joey does too. Brandon, I, I'm sure you know it as well, but I might just be hitting a dead horse here. But the second characteristic, uh, sensing and intuition. The third, thinking and feeling. The fourth, judging and perceiving. So after you take a personality test, you're going to be given four, a four-letter personality type indicator so depending on what side of the spectrum you're on, uh, that kind of gives you an idea of where you stand. I just wanted to say that the spectrums, they just measure how much you like to either deal with people and things, facts and reality, logic and truth, or like a lifestyle that's well-constructed or one that goes like with the flow. A lot of natural born entrepreneurs have the following characteristics. So the six personality types that most people fall under as successful entrepreneurs are these ESTP. And you guys may will throw these in the show notes too. I have it all typed up, so I'll give it to Brandon, but ESTP this is known for taking fast action. So thinking logically based on fact and full of passion and energy. I am not an ESTP. I am an ENTJ, but someone that is, as you guys have heard of Ernest Hemingway, he's one good example. And roughly 4% of people fit into this personality type. The second personality type is ENTJ, and that's kind of where I am. Uh, natural born leaders known for ruthlessly pushing through to their goals through sheer determination and willpower. So an example of that, and I, trust me, I'm no Steve Jobs, but an example is Steve Jobs. He is one of the 3% that are commonly categorized as an ENTJ. The second one is ENTP. Now these are seekers of knowledge and visionaries. So they're the big dreamers. Only about 3% of people are ENTP. Then you go to ESTJ which is making up no less than 11% of the population. And they kind of have clear advice and guidance. And I'm not going to go through all of them because we have a lot to talk about in this episode. So look at them in the show notes. But one trend you're going to see is these six personality types all have four underlying trends in common. They're often curious. They're often creative. They're, they often take responsibility and they're often decisive. So decisiveness, you have to notice how every single one of these personalities rank higher in thinking over feeling. 
So that's because according to a 2004 study, the most successful entrepreneurs will pick a direction to take the business and stick with it. This makes them naturally less likely to be concerned with keeping the harmony and more focused on achieving the objective. I think decisiveness is huge or else you're going to keep going back and forth, back and forth and waste a ton of time. The second one is responsibility. These personality types take full responsibility over their futures. You're going to see this in our actual, I think our first lesson in module one that will be coming out here in July when we talk about vision and goals. Um, your responsibility is huge. You have to be a you have to accept that you're in control of your actions. And this is what a lot of people that are successful entrepreneurs do. The third one is curiosity. The classic saying is leaders are readers. And this honestly could not be more true. According to a Gallup study of hundreds of entrepreneurial personality traits, being curious makes the top 10 list of must-have traits to be successful. Um, I would say if you aren't learning every day, this might be the number one habit you could strive to develop in order to learn the entrepreneurial lifestyle. The last one is creativity. Business is an intellectual art to entrepreneurs. I, I'd say it's an intellectual art to me. Being able to constantly change and innovate with the markets are so important. Gallup CEO Jim Clifton remarked on a study that to stay competitive, we have to lead the world in per-person creativity. So being a leader in business is like being a professional problem solver, essentially. And that's what I think. I, I think although taking this personality test won't essentially give you that silver bullet to discover what you should be doing, or it also won't tell you exactly if you're an entrepreneur or not, one thing it will help you do is understand what your personality type is and how you optimize that if you decide to move forward and start a company. And if you look at it and you look at it and say, hey, you know what? I don't have a lot of these personality types. Just make sure you think through the entire situation before you jump all in an entrepreneurship because there's so much more to it than just your personality. There's a lot of stuff that I'm sure we're going to bring up here and we won't even begin to touch the tip of the iceberg here in this episode. For me... I kind of sat there when we got this question. I was thinking, I was like, am I really an entrepreneur? Because thinking of the differences between me and Bobby, it's just just split. Like, Bobby's way different. I'm way different. It's just a different mindset. But I think there's different kinds of entrepreneurs, I bet. I'm guessing, or not I'm guessing, that just the way I think about it is like, I can be, but I have a mindset sometimes where I'm just like, I don't really care. And I think that doesn't help me in most things that I do. And I've brought that up before. And I think for being an entrepreneur, that is some mindset that you can't have is because if I just started, if I quit my job today and I tried to start a business tomorrow, I would be broke in no time. Probably fastest anyone's gone broke. And I think that you have to have that mindset of... <laughs> Being ready to go, having a plan, not giving up. And I think it's something that through what we're doing right now is something that I'm changing with myself is kind of becoming more motivated, realizing that you can't just say screw it to things and not worry about it. And so I think as of right now, I don't think I am truly an entrepreneur. 
I am a part of a company that we were starting, educating entrepreneurs, but I think there's more that I need to figure out that what I can offer to this to truly feel like I'm one. And I think that's just going to kind of come along with it and will take some stuff from me to actually figure out what I can do to be an entrepreneur, true entrepreneur, where I could see myself one day going off and being like, all right, I'm going to start a business. I have a plan. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I think that's just something I have to figure out as we're doing this. I don't know if I have anything that really hasn't been touched on yet um, for this section, but I ended up with five after I heard everybody everybody talk. Um, I had a few more, but they were they were touched on, and I think these were touched on too. But um, I think these are these are my big ones that um, for entrepreneurs or for anyone trying to enter the field, I, I think they're things that that you ultimately have to have in some form or another. Um, and I think Brandon or, or Bobby um, made a good point that. I, I think entrepreneurs come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. So there's not a one size fits all, but I think there are, like Bobby was saying, certain traits that are more inclined to, to the sort of work, the sort of um, lifestyle that there is. So um, my first one is growth mindset. I think it's really tough to do anything in entrepreneurship or, or in life if you're coming at it with a fixed mindset um, in entrepreneurship more than more than other things, I think. You're going to hit a lot of challenges and, and the only person there to solve them is yourself. And if every time you see it as there's nothing you can do, there's nothing you can do, um, you're not going to be around very long. So uh, a growth mindset for me is a huge one and, and kind of a first step to entrepreneurship. Um, the second one I have had is persistence. Again, you're going to hit hurdles. You're going to hit obstacles. Um, and if you're not willing to, to fail and get back up on the horse every time, you're going to have a really tough time being successful and, and growing your business and, and um getting past the, the tough times. Cause I, I think it's really easy at the start of starting a business or starting a company because, um, that's, that's the exciting part. It's, it's all the fun stuff and, and getting everything created. But I think the, and, and I think everybody here has been, been in the situation, but, um, you get to the point when you actually have to buckle down and it gets to the not so fun work. Um, but that's the stuff that makes or breaks your business. So without persistence, I, I think it's it's really tough to kind of make it um, cross the chasm, if you will. Um, the third one is be a self-starter. Uh, there's there's not going to be anybody pushing you, prodding you, um, trying to move you forward like there will be in in a different job. I think in in most corporate settings, if you start falling behind a little bit, you're gonna you're gonna hear it pretty quickly um, from leadership or from colleagues. And in entrepreneurship, it's not that way. Um, Nobody really cares if your business failed. Now it's different if you've got 20 employees, but at the very start, you, you're not gonna have that. So customers, uh, the world, other people don't really care if you fail or not. So being a self-starter and making sure that things get done and are, are actionable um, is all on you at the start. Um, number four, decisiveness. This is probably one of the ones that I, that I struggled with uh, earlier in entrepreneurship is making a decision and being wrong is is much better than not making a decision at all. Um, the same sort of thing, like following two rabbits. The, the man who follows two, two rabbits never catches either. So um, being able to be decisive, I think it's it's really easy to say like, oh, I don't want to make a decision a decision because I don't want to be wrong. But the other side of that is if you don't make a decision, you also can't be right. Um, you end up really doing nothing, making no progress. And um, you have to be willing to step up, be courageous and make decisions um, when 
your livelihood, your company is on the line, or you have um, other people's jobs on the line, you have to be able to to make those those tough decisions. So decisiveness is is important. Um, and then number five, um, and I think this might be just more of a life one, but I think it's important in entrepreneurship is to be able to take responsibility for your actions and stop blaming other people. There's no one to pass the buck off to if you if you do mess up in entrepreneurship, if if it's your company and, and you mess up a sale or you mess up a some sort of job, you, you do something incorrectly, um, it affects you, it affects the business, it affects uh, your customers, your employees. And if you're in a bigger company, I think it's easier to pass off that blame and say, oh, well, so-and-so wasn't pulling their weight or leadership didn't tell me how to do this. Um, the, the, our clients don't know what they're doing. Um, and entrepreneurship, it's all on you. And if you're not willing to to step back and say, yeah, I messed up here or I could have done this better, um, then you're never going to grow. You're never going to um, ma make your business or yourself any better. So being able to step up and take responsibility is immense, um, immensely important. And uh, th that's one that I think is, is inherent in, in life success and entrepreneurship. But th those are the five that I thought um, I wanted to touch on after, after everybody else went. So I had one, I mean... A lot of a lot of follow-ups from all those discussions. One of them, though, um, Rand touched on the fact that he didn't consider himself an entrepreneur. At what point, if you have a business, let's say, like for right now, educate entrepreneurs, that was your only endeavor, would you call yourself an entrepreneur? Um, I guess what stage, what point... Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? I think, and I kind of touched on it a little before, I think it's something that I feel confident enough that I will start on my own and I will seek out friends or whoever to join me, kind of just like what Bobby did. But I think, I don't know, that's just how I think about it is doing, having the confidence to do something on my own and trusting in myself enough where I know that I can do it and I can get it done. And we've talked about it a hundred times with the fear of failure is there. And that's something that a lot of people have to get over and myself included, because that's basically the one thing is like, I couldn't imagine quitting my job tomorrow and then going out and starting my own thing. I need to build myself up. I need to have all these plans where I'm like, okay, if this does fail, then this is what I'm going to do next. But I think it's, some people have that confidence where they're like, it is what it is. I'm going to go for it. If it doesn't work out. I'm just going to move on to the next thing and just keep trying with different businesses. And I think for me right now, I think I would just get so shut down that I'd be like, crap, I'm done. I give up on this. I'm just going to go back to a regular job and see how that goes. Yeah. So I think at this moment in the place that educating entrepreneurs is at, if that's all you're working on, I mean, you're not an entrepreneur at that point. I also think, I guess in my opinion, in my personal opinion, those people that are just working for themselves to either run a marketing company or whatever it is, and it's only a one-man team, I also don't see them as entrepreneurs. I see them as just individuals that are working for themselves. They're not creating anything bigger than themselves. They're essentially just going to work every day, working the 40-hour week, and instead of getting paid by the man, they're just getting paid by the man to themselves. So the way that I actually define entrepreneurs is I actually believe they have to be creating more value beyond them in a sense where 
I think you actually hit that realm of entrepreneur when you add people to your team or you're creating this. I mean, there are a lot of single man entrepreneurs, so I guess I'm contradicting myself because there are a few different tech guys out there that are running $10 million companies as a single owner. But I believe they are very, there aren't a lot of them. But I think for the most part, I think entrepreneurship is when you're providing more value than what you can just create on your own. And that's where I see you doing something. I guess I really don't know how to go beyond that, really, when I think about it. But that's just what I see as entrepreneurship. I like this. Now we're going to get different viewpoints because I completely disagree. I, Brandon, I really like what you said. And Bob, I actually, Bobby, I actually really like that definition of entrepreneurship. I like the, I've never thought of it like that, like um, creating impact beyond yourself. Um, and I, I think that's a, that's a really, really good way to look at it. Um, I've never heard that and I've, I've never really thought of it that way. So I do really like that. Um, Brandon, I liked what you were saying about being able to make the move on your own. Um, I think that's, I think that's immensely important. And, um, I think I have, I have probably a looser version or definition of entrepreneurship than probably both of you. Um, but I, I even think entrepreneurship can be, can be a mindset, um, I think it's the way you think about things. I think it's the willingness to to take initiative on these things. And I, I now, and with that said, I think there are different levels of entrepreneurship. Like doing things on the side or on your own is not like what you're doing, Bobby. Like to to your scale, um, I, I I do still think from the I don't think there are a ton of people that are that are going out of their way. And I think the people that are going out of their way to create something, whether it it, it already is creating value or you're looking to create value for people. I think it's like the willingness to put in the time and the work to try and make it happen. Brandon, I, I, I did really like what you were saying about the fact of like you being confident enough to, to make that decision on your own, because I think that's the toughest part for a lot of people. Um, I think it's tough when you say like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go up this stream and see, see what I can do on my own. Everybody's like, oh shit, I, if it only relies on me, like, I don't know if I really want to do that. Like I want, I want the security net. I want the security blanket. Um, and I think that's why the corporate environment pulls so many, as many people as it does. But in, in my own, in my own viewpoint, I, I think entrepreneurship can come at a lot of different stages, a lot of different levels. And I don't think you need to be, I think you should strive to have, um, a, a big company, a lot of employees or, or whatever, or I guess not, it doesn't, your employees, your company doesn't matter. Um, I think your impact is, is, is what matters. Um, I think you should strive for a lot of impact, but I, I think like people that are, that are dipping their feet in the water and, and testing things out to me, that's entrepreneurship. Um, I think it's going outside of the norm. Like, like Brandon, you could be doing your, your day job 40 hours a week and not have to be doing any of this. Um, they're probably, I, I mean, I, I could be totally wrong, but I'm, I'm guessing that there's nobody else that you work with that has like a side hustle or a side hobby or side, side hobbies, but not a, a business that they're trying to create out of my, like, I don't know, hundred plus people on my floor. I know of one person um, that does. And he also like was had it before he started his corporate job. So he's, he does it on top of everything else he does. With that said, I, I just, I think entrepreneurship, I think it's a mindset and I think it's the willingness to, to get out there and try. Um, to, to, whether it's on your own, whether it's with a team, like right now, yeah, we're, we're working on building something that will have impact, but I still consider, um, this entrepreneurship. Now I think it's a lot different than 
like starting your own company and saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to work anymore. And I'm going to do that. Like, I, I think that's full on, but I do think entrepreneurship can come at different stages, different levels. And I think you trying to create something, trying to create value, taking the initiative to do that is also entrepreneurship, but that's my, that's my take. So I, I liked hearing other. And I agree with that, especially now that I just looked up the definition and the actual definition of an entrepreneur is a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. The only problem, I, I think that's a good definition. And I think when you think about what we're doing with educating entrepreneurs or any person that puts in a tiny bit of money or puts in a bunch of time to pursue a hobby or passion, I guess falls into that. The only problem I have with it is I look at how many people define themselves as entrepreneurs and I still get slightly rattled that 400 million, so 5% of the population says that they are entrepreneurs because I don't believe 5% of the population has to feel that risk, feel that pressure, feel that struggle like the, the smaller percentage of entrepreneurs out there that do. I think they're, I guess, really, like Brandon was saying, they come in all shapes and sizes, I suppose. And so that's why they should be defined differently. But I just look at the category of entrepreneurs that I'm accustomed to, and I look at the 5% of the population that claims they're entrepreneurs, and it is a very different world. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's a good point, too, because the funny thing is, like, where I am right now, I, w I wouldn't, like... I wouldn't say I'm, I'm doing quote unquote entrepreneurship right now. Like as a person, I, I think like I am an entrepreneur, but if anybody asked me, I would not say like, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. I wouldn't check yes on the box of like, I'm an entrepreneur. But with that said, like, I, I think if we're talking about entrepreneurship and, and um, doing that or trying to do it, I, I think stuff like stuff like this falls into that category, trying to build a business. Um, but I like, unless, so I, I agree with your point and the fact of, I would not call myself an entrepreneur um, unless I was spending like full time on a, on a role, on a company, on a business. Um, and I, I think probably you you get some of those those numbers from people that do what what we're doing, or or even a lot less than what we're doing, and, and say that they are an entrepreneur um, just just because. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's just like people's own definition of it. I think that's really, that's really interesting. I didn't know that stat was as high as it was. So that that's, uh, that's really interesting. So I think moving forward for sake of this topic, I think what we have said to this point really about number one, the Myers-Briggs being self-starter, decisiveness, doing the dirty work, this pertains more to the entrepreneurs that are looking to build a company company. I, I still agree you can be an entrepreneur and pursue your passions on the side, work 40 hours a week and also start an e-commerce site. And yeah, you're going to feel a lot of this pain too. But I think what we're really trying to answer today is are you an entrepreneur or should you become an entrepreneur? I think we have to go a little deeper into what we were just talking about. So the thing that I wanted to start with is I love how Joey brought up, you need to be willing to do the dirty work. And I think it might be really valuable since we've all had that entrepreneurial experience 
if we can share one of those moments where we were doing the dirty work and how we were like, oh my gosh, this is not what I expected when I was running a company. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a good place to start. I, I agree. That was the one thing that I jotted down from Joey's that I thought was um, insurmountable. Like if you think you're above any type of work, then you should, <laughs> then you're in the wrong line of business because you need to step up when, when the, when the time is called. I'm trying to think back. Um, mine, mine would definitely be in relation to, to three timbers and our work we did there. Truthfully, I, I think, <laughs> and this one, I don't know what this falls under, but I, I this isn't like a one-time thing. I think for me, especially once we started to grow and we had employees, um, I, I definitely did. I was naive to the fact of like, oh, now like I'll be a, like a manager, quote unquote, which like you need to be. Um, but like, I, I'm not going to like take part in like the day-to-day -day stuff as much. Like I knew I was going to be doing some of it, but didn't think I was be doing as much. Um, and I think a good example of that is like when we had two days a week of mowing commercial business, like mowing commercial sites, um, like eight hours a day on like walk behind mowers <laughs> and, um, like, don't get me wrong. I actually don't mind mowing that much, but when you're doing it for 16 hours straight over two days, it's like, what the hell? Like we built this company so I can like mow lawns for two straight days every week. Um, and it wasn't like, oh, it's like, oh, it's super like 75 and sunny. It's like 105 humid, like, um, and walking across just vast landscapes of land. Um, and I think we had like one or two riding mowers, but we had a lot of push mowers as well. Um, and for me, that was definitely like a be willing to take out the trash moment. There's like a lot, of, I think there's a lot like more and deeper ones than that. But, um, for me, it was like, we have 10 employees to do this. Like, why? why, why should I like take my time and do this? And you just like realize that, that the work needs to get done. Um, and not just that the work needs to get done, but like, and, and this is something that I learned through, through our journey is like, if you're going to ask anybody else to do anything, um, you got to be willing to do it yourself. And so I think it's really tough to stand up and say like, Oh, everybody should be out mowing for eight hours a day when it's a hundred and sunny, when they could be doing something else, you got to be willing to, to get out there and, and, uh, face the sun and the heat. So that for me, that that was one of them. And I'm sure there's a hundred more, but uh, I, th I think that's uh, like a, a decent. Definitely mowing for two days a week was was interesting. I was a part of the business a little bit when we when there was additional employees, but I think I left like shortly thereafter, if I'm remembering correctly. And uh, yeah, who, who knows, right? Who cares? Fuck Joey, right? Anyways, so the things that I remember, the meat, like the meal tasks that I was like, how, why the hell am I doing this? Like there was, there was like a couple instances of when I was like pulling weeds, not like lake weeds, but like I was in this like bed of like mulch, like pulling these itty bitty weeds. And I'm like, God, this is so dumb. Why am I doing this? <laughs> this is, it's not really like a value add. It's just like anyone could do this stupid shit. And so pulling weeds is one of them. Um, the other one was, and we not only did landscaping, we are an outdoor services company. Let me remind you. So it was all over the board. There was one time I was in one of those like industrial sized dumpsters and I was sorting out different types of like garbage. It, it was like, I had to like take out styrofoam and separate it out from something else. And I couldn't, I, for the life of me, I can't tell you why I was doing it. 
I can't remember. And I don't think I even knew at the time that's just someone told me to do. So I'm like, sure. And while I'm doing it in my head, I'm like, God, this is so stupid. And, um, I don't know at that time, like I didn't like realize it. And it was like, wow, this, I need to get this task done. And I mean, we got it done. I separated all the garbage and, uh, still don't know why, but that's kind of an example of <laughs> what I had for some, uh, menial tasks that I probably wasn't a fan of. <laughs> that was, that was behind, uh, that was behind one of the commercial buildings, right? It was. Oh my God. I remember, I remember that it was like right up next to the building. Yep. Oh my God. I, I don't know why I remember that, but I like vividly remember like coming back and I was like, there are three people in the dumpster. <laughs> it was hot as hell too. <laughs> oh my God. That is, that is so, I think the weed one is a great one that I forgot about because like, as you're picking them, you're like in four days, these are going to be back. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we're at a building that no one has been at in three weeks. Like it's 4th of July weekend and nobody's going to be here all summer. And we're picking these and like we mow the next week and like all the weeds are back twice as bad. Like, oh, those are bad. Those are, those are really good examples. So I would just say, like I said, when defining an entrepreneur, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have a lot of sticks in the fire. Is that the term? I don't, I don't remember the term. I don't know why I don't know that term, but I still remember my worst weekend ever and everyone thinks that entrepreneurship is just so glamorous and so much fun. My wife went out of town and I was like, boom, this is going to be a great weekend. I get to chillax a little bit, have a good time. And you guys have to understand when you're running a company, sometimes you have weekends where you don't even get to go home. I had a weekend where one of our properties were leaking. It was leaking so badly that I would have to work on our computer company during the day. And then I would have to stay up all night and watch to make sure it didn't drip in offices. And I'd sit there and scrub the floors for about 12 hours so it was dry when someone would come in the next day. And I'd put a little pad underneath a desk in the office and get about an hour of sleep. And then I would wake up the next day, go to meetings in clothes that were muddy because I was working on a muddy roof. And I'd have to slowly wash it off with a towel because I didn't have time to go home because everything was stacked full. And then I came back Saturday night, did the same thing, sat underneath the leaks on the roof, emptied buckets all night, scrubbed the floors, uh, redid ceiling tiles, and then would go up on the roof and move some rocks. In between that, I'd hop on video calls and hope no one could see below my chest because I was full of mud from being on the roof. And I did that every day for a four day stretch with about maybe three and a half, four hours of sleep over that entire four day stretch. And unfortunately, that's just what you have to do. And you have to ask yourself before you jump into something like this, are you willing to do that? Is that life something you really want to jump into? to pursue something that you're really passionate about. And I'm talking about starting a company off of this passion. I think everyone, we encourage everyone to pursue their passion in some fashion. You don't have to go to an extreme. But if you're trying to push it to the next level, does that sound interesting to you? Does it sound interesting spending a night on the roof of one of your offices, 
crawling around in the dark from 9.30 in the morning, I mean, from 9.30 at night to 4.15 in the morning with a flashlight looking for a baby hole. Does it sound fun losing work that you've done for a week that randomly gets deleted and you have to sit there and pull multiple all-nighters in a row just to get that work back so you make a client happy? Are you willing to say no to many of your friends for years at a time? I mean, I had to say it to Brandon, Joey, and Brady all the time through college. I, I barely saw them in college because my answer was no, because I had to focus on what I was getting done. And really, are you willing to sacrifice those things? You don't have to sacrifice those specific things, but you are going to have to sacrifice something. And I think when it comes down to doing the dirty work, I think the better definition of that is you have to sacrifice being comfortable. And Brady and I talked about this last week on a podcast that we did. You have to sacrifice being comfortable because you are going to be uncomfortable on a daily. Every single week it happens, whether you think it will or not. Every single week. Every single week I think we're good to go on something and I get a call saying, hey, it's an emergency. You need to come into the office at 5 in the morning. Or, hey, I know you came in at 5 in the morning, but unfortunately there's another emergency at 12.15 at night. And that's what you have to sacrifice as an entrepreneur. And that's where all the other things come in. The self-starter, being decisive because you need to make decisions on the fly like that. Taking responsibility, accepting that although it might have been someone else's fault, you're responsible for fixing it. These are things that happen. And while you're going through all of this crap, it won't even work for years. And that's where persistence comes in. Like you're going to do this day after day after day after day and you're going to be three years out and you're going to look back at your life and you'll be like, I haven't even gotten anywhere. And at that point, you have the choice to even either quit and say, I'm no longer an entrepreneur or you have the choice of saying, I'm going all in on this thing and I'm going to keep pushing for another five years. And when you keep pushing, eventually it's going to pay off. Eventually something's going to click. I mean, you better pivot along the way. But if you put all of these factors together, then you're going to be an entrepreneur. And then I would say you can quit your job and you can jump in. But until then, you really have to look yourself in the mirror, I think. You hit mostly, if not everything, that I had. Plus, um, what I was going to say is kind of the things that we talked about is if you're not willing to like to understand that like, oh, it's going to be three years or five years with no payoff. And like, at that point, it's not like, oh, some, like, yeah, sometimes you're, you'll hit it big or like six months a year or whatever. Um, but sometimes it's like five years is like, yeah, that's your downtime. And then it's another five years until you see a payout. So like, if you're not willing to, I don't know if it's, I, I mean, I, I said persistence, but I, I think it's also an amount of uh, maybe patience. Um, but like understanding that it's going to take time and that it's not that it's going to get worse before it's going to get better, but that is more or less the case. And I think if, if you're not okay with that, then it's a tough, it's a, it's a tough place to be in. I agree. And I think Bobby's touched on that a lot is you still haven't gotten paid from Gomahi and you put how much work into it so far. And that's something that you're super passionate about and that's what people have to get through their head is yeah it's going to take some time and if you don't see yourself doing that then just just don't don't do it
And, you know, I think that is an important thing to bring up. You know, I don't believe, and I could be 100% wrong, but I don't believe people that haven't gone through the process, I don't think they can actually comprehend how much needs to be sacrificed. Like, I don't think they can comprehend as an entrepreneur how much extra work goes in. And think about how much just, Brandon, your life has changed just doing EE as a side project. Instead of coming home and settling in on the couch or whatever you might end up doing that's kind of fun at night after work, there are nights now that you settle in and you edit a podcast or you do social media or you have to keep that brain turned on, which is tough. And you know, I don't think a lot of people understand and we can all go through our schedules I mean, a lot of us, and I know Brady is, Joey, you have some nights that you don't sleep much at all. I think just realistically, you know, every single night, every single day, I pretty much wake up at five in the morning. I work until 12 o'clock at night. And there are days that I don't have time to eat, which is probably good for me, fat. But sometimes I don't have time to eat. Sometimes I'm going multiple meetings in a row where I don't have time to go to the bathroom. And that's just the lifestyle. I mean, one crazy example is I talked to a guy named Richard Wilson yesterday. And he owns something called familyoffices.com. And so family offices, they're essentially, they're offices that take care of centimillionaires assets. So he takes care of $1 trillion in assets. So all of his clients are 100 millionaires or more. And he said, the thing that makes all these people successful, and these are pretty much all entrepreneurs, is he said, all these people have schedules so intense that it blows your mind. They will not schedule a meeting longer than 15 minutes. And he's like, you know, I have one client that recently had to hire a third pilot because two weren't enough because they needed to sleep more. So this guy legitimately flies from place to place to place so much in a year that he needs three pilots to make sure they actually get their proper amount of sleep. That's a crazy schedule. And I mean, I can't even, I can't even comprehend that schedule and I think I'm busy because that sounds absurd. But that's just, that's the way it is. And if you love that lifestyle, then hooray, go for it. But you need to be very self-aware and accept that you either you either have that or you don't. And even if you don't have that, you just got to create a vision around what you do have. And of course, we're going to talk about that a lot more in the future on the podcast and in our lessons. Joey, what was your first uh, your first point again? Or maybe it was your second. I don't know what order it was in. Uh, it was the me, uh, menial tasks, and then it was not getting discouraged or uh, easily. Um, obviously, um, I mean, I can kind of recap what I said, but you're going to go through a lot of failures. And I know Brady talked about this, and maybe some other people did too, taking responsibility. There's no one else to put the blame on um, in a lot of cases being an entrepreneur. Um, like in the corporate world, um, some people can cover for you. Um, maybe some of your managers will, will take the responsibility and take the blame off you. But as an entrepreneur, uh, in in my opinion, 
um, you're going to have to take responsibility for your actions and you're going to feel a lot more, I don't know what you want to call it, pressure, blame, whatever. And, um, and you're going to have to take that and, and learn from it. And if you don't, if you don't take failure, well, it's going to be a difficult path for you. And really quick, I think just because we have a little more time in this episode, people need to understand that it's not if it's not an if you fail, it's a when you fail. Like Joey said, you will fail. That's just, that's the fact. And I think just to give people insight into that, can all of us share a time that we failed and kind of what happened? This wasn't a huge one, but this was very, very recent. I was just actually on a call today and um, it was probably one of the more difficult clients that I've ever dealt with. Um, They were extremely not easy to work with and I failed in the sense of probably didn't react the best way that I should have probably should have had a little more patience to it um, and I didn't and I'm fingers crossed that it didn't hurt our relationship business relationship going forward Um, unsure of that at the moment Um, but uh, yeah that's that's probably I don't know if you want to call it a failure, but it's definitely something that went wrong and um, something that I'm definitely going to learn from and it'll make me better. It'll make me more, hopefully more patient person because I have zero patience right now. Not right now, just I never have any patience. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of a recent failure. I think for me, the one that sticks out is regarding entrepreneurship is um, when we were cutting down the side hill and uh, so so long story short back when we were doing landscaping we were asked to kind of clear some trees from a slope down a hill uh at a house so that they could have a better view of the lake and um they were kind of very very steep hill um i'd say probably 30 40 yards down like 45 degree angle down to the lake um not good terrain but we were fortunate enough that they had a um, an elevator system that went up and down the hill, and they offered it up to to our uh, to our team, and um, we gladly accepted. And long story short, we were we were taking one of the trees up on the on the elevator, and put it right through the uh, the customer's deck. <laughs> and absolutely destroyed the deck um like i'd say a good like quarter of the deck was just in shambles (laughs) um and i i like it was probably one of the biggest for for like the these years that we worked it was one of the biggest panics that i had for sure because like customer was gone so we couldn't even get a hold of him at the time and we ended up saying like all right we just gotta like call him and, and tell him because there's like no other way to do it and anyways, like, it, it, I, I mean, it was, a, it was a ridiculous failure, but we ended up kind of saying like, well, if, if you'll let us, we'll, we'll repair the deck for you. We'll buy all the materials. We'll do all the labor for free. It ended up being fine. He ended up being a return customer. But I think with just like a little lack of diligence on our own part and, <laughs> and kind of maybe overstepping our bounds and not being, um, not being as uh, kind of aware as we should have been, uh, we ruined a deck, which 
I mean, if they wanted to, like, it would have been a very expensive fix if we didn't do it on our own. So, it, I mean, it was a massive failure, and we got lucky that we were able to recover from it. But for me, that was one of the big ones was um, ruining a, a, a client's deck for at least, I would guess, it had to be five to ten grand to fix. I don't, I don't know what what decks are, but we did some some true damage. It was not like we scratched the side of the deck; like you couldn't walk on the deck anymore. <laughs> but that's the one that I that sticks out to me in entrepreneurship. And I think the important part to realize there is, I don't even think it was either of us. I'm pretty sure it's just one of our employees that sent a piece of wood up and let it blow up the deck. But yep, and but I mean, like that's that's our problem at that point, you know. So. But I, I just remember, like, for the most part, I, I don't really panic. It's like, all right, we'll figure it out. And I was like, I, I don't know what we do here. <laughs> like, I'm not a carpenter. I, I haven't been in this situation. Um, so, so to me, that was like, in my eyes, I was like, this is an ultimate failure. It was like as bad as it could have gone. That was that was pretty much without someone getting injured. But it ended up working out good, and, and uh, we kind of turned it around. Mine would definitely be the. $2 million mistake I made with an operating agreement, which is just a simple term sheet that your attorney writes up for about five grand. I did not know what the heck I was doing because, you know, if you're willing to take on this role of entrepreneur, the way you learn is by failing epically over and over again and learning from those mistakes and doing it right the second time. I had never created a company that raised money. And I had never heard of an operating agreement. Therefore, I did not make one. Therefore, I had teammates that left the company with the ability to code our site, which destroyed our contracts. So that cost me about a year and a half of my life and $2 million. And that is something that is just one of hundreds of mistakes that have cost me boatloads of money and boatloads of time. When sharing our failures, I think if people are to get anything out of this when questioning if they're an entrepreneur, I think they should really just question, are they willing to take educated risks and fail? Are they willing to feel that pain and push forward? Because if any of this stuff that we brought up, and legitimately we could probably talk about failures for the next five hours, and we probably still wouldn't be touching many. But if the idea of failing like that, the idea of putting in 12, 16 hour days for two years and a bunch of money and getting nothing out of it because it was an epic bomb, if that freaks you out like crazy and it gives you almost a form of PTSD, don't go into entrepreneurship. It's okay. It's okay if you don't go into it. Like the same as real estate. You know, they always say, don't go into real estate investing if somebody putting a hole in one of the walls gives you anxiety. Because if you're going into real estate, there are gonna be, there's going to be a lot of damage to your property. And you just have to accept it and fix it. If you go into entrepreneurship, there's going to be a lot of damage to your ego. There's going to be a lot of damage to your company. There's going to be a lot of damage to your bank account. And if you can just accept that and move forward, then you're going to be a darn good entrepreneur. Brady, do you have something to say off of that? Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, um, to caveat, I, I agree with you. This is a little bit building off of you and a little bit um, kind of pivoting from what you're saying. But a caveat to what you just said, like, I will say, like, for a long time and probably even still now, like, a lot of that stuff freaked me out. Like, I'll, I'll be I'll be really honest, like, 
even when we started and we started taking jobs that like we didn't know how to do that were out, way outside our pay grade, I'll be honest, like, I was a little freaked out. It's like, oh, we have this three week project that we've never done before. Like this could be a major hit for us. Like that freaked me out. But with that said, like, it didn't freak me out to the point of like, oh, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to touch it. Like, like stressed out anxiety. Like it freaked me out in the sense of like, my God, we need to get our stuff together. Um, and it was like, it was like an exciting, like kind of, I don't know what's coming next, but, but I liked it. And like, yeah, I did like, I have a couple nights where I was like, well, shit, I have no idea how we're going to get done tomorrow done. Um, I did. And I will say like, it did, it freaked me out a little bit, but like, it was like a, it was like a, a good, like nervous, um, not a nervous energy, but like, a like an, un, an energy of the unknown. And I think like, I think it's okay if it freaks you out a little bit. I think it's, I think it's being able to kind of run off that instead of like having that hamper your work. Um, if, if that makes any sense. I think that's an incredible point because I guess the fear that I'm referring to is the fear that cripples you. If it cripples you to follow through on what you need to do, entrepreneurship is not for you. If it's the fear that keeps you up at night and you know you're going to follow through the next day, all of us have that. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. I mean, there were so many days with three timbers. There's, there are a ton of days now that I sit up all night thinking to myself, how in the world are we going to hit next payroll when we haven't made a dime in two years? <laughs> how in the world am I going to pay for this? How are we going to, how is this project even going to make sense for this company? And you know, that, that's a little bit of fear. It's also a little bit of excitement. I a hundred percent agree. I, I, yep. And I think maybe that's the differentiating factor. If that fear also gets you kind of excited, like even right now, like I feel some excitement in my voice thinking about those moments because it's like, wow, those feel really good. And when you have one of those nights that you stay up all night and then you get through the next day, you're like, wow, that was an insane high. That was the best day ever. And we made it work. I'm tired, but I feel amazing. I agree with that. And I, truthfully, I think that's one of the things that I, I missed the most from like the work that we did was like those like, holy shit, we're in trouble. Like, like we've got like three days to do something that should take us two weeks so let's figure it out. Like I, I truthfully, like I missed that because I like thrived on like the, I don't even know what you call that, but like back against a wall, it's like, it's on you at this point. Like there's nobody else that's swooping in to save you. Um, and I, I like, I miss that so much because I, I, I agree with you that like, yeah, it sucks. But like, while you're going through it, it's like, I mean, you're, you're pushing beyond what you think is possible. And you're pushing past those limits. And I think you're, you're, you're understanding the scope of what you're capable of. Um, and I, believe me, I had a lot of times where I was like, this is it. This is where we crumble because we're not making it through tonight. Like, and every day, like we, we'd end up end of the day, like, hey, we're in a good spot. Like, let's keep moving forward. I do. I truthfully, I, I miss that a ton. It's, it's a, it is a, like a scary feeling, but it's a good, it should be a good feeling along with it. There's gotta be some word for thrill seeking in entrepreneurship that you guys are going for. I think it's just pushing yourself to the next level. That's, I think that's what a lot of, and I know this was a long time ago now, but if all of you guys go and do that Myers-Briggs and you guys look at the show notes that Brandon puts in there, you will see there is a very common pattern amongst those um, 
essentially amongst those personality types. And Thrill Seeker, I would definitely say, falls into a lot of them because they're always trying to push the envelope because that's what gets them excited. And if you look at the Steve Jobs, the Elon Musk, they're promising things before they have them finished. And then they're working their butts off to make it happen. And that's what pushes them to the next level. And that's what gets them excited. That's what gets them amped. And you know, I think I'm probably going to bring it up in our part two of this when we start talking about the business. I almost wonder if we need a little bit of that in EE to get us a little more amped up. Because I know it's been a lot of years with Gomahi, and I just recently started feeling that again. And because I started feeling it again, it makes the company move so much quicker. Now we're adding another thing. I guess you got to be a thrill seeker to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> Not necessarily. I don't know what you guys think. You guys think that kind of sums it up for now? Yeah. Yep, yep, let's wrap. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was another jam-packed episode with great information. We are not only learning while we're doing this. Uh, we hope you guys get something out of this as well and use it on your own. Hopefully it helps for you. Let us know if it does. Enjoy this whole process because we are. We hope you guys are learning a lot. And that is our show for today. We will see you guys next week.